Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Coda.io. I'm Simone Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Brianna Wu, executive director at Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. Welcome to another Wednesday evening. <laughs> hello, hello. I don't know why I said that as if we were recording like to a live studio audience on a Wednesday evening, but <laughs> it's just been very irregular lately. You know, when we've been recording, it's all over the map. We're we're we are everywhere. We are legion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's get into it because we've got some really fun topics today, including one uh, top of the show little mini update uh, about how we're all going to be rich. <laughs> No, we're not. The Butterfly Keyboard Saga. I know, big news. Big news. Uh, The Butterfly Keyboard Saga is over. Apple has agreed to pay a $50 million uh, settlement without admitting wrongdoing over its Butterfly Keyboards in a district court lawsuit uh, over that uh, 2015 to 2019 keyboard. Uh, I have some more details about it that should be relevant to both of you. So according to CNBC, uh, lawyers expect max payouts of $300 to $395 for people who replaced multiple keyboards, $125 for people who replaced one keyboard, and $50 to those who replaced keycaps. Uh, What's more, the lawsuit covers people who specifically purchased the relevant MacBook, MacBook Air, and Pro models from 2015 to 2019 in California, Florida, Illinois, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, and Washington. <laughs> Come get your money from Apple, folks. Come get your $300. Um, I don't know. I mean, you you said on uh, Twitter, Christina, that you were excited for your $8 in the mail. Could it be more? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I guess I technically could be more. I think it'll depend on the size of the class. Um, so I'm still not expecting to yeah. get my my three hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and and also, it's it's gonna be you know it'll be like an Apple gift card. It'll be like iTunes credit. Oh. <laughs> you know that that's how it's you're, gonna work. You're right. So oh, how many God. songs are you gonna buy with you? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Your I was I was like payment. I'm gonna buy ha- I'm gonna buy half a movie. I'm going to buy, like, a third of a TV season. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. You can buy, like, like 50 gigs of additional iCloud storage. <laughs> like, oh, exactly. Wow. I can get a polishing cloth. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh. Let's not get fancy pants. Let's oh, not do but that. that's the best thing that you could possibly do is reinvest really in is. one of the worst parts of Apple's ecosystem. <laughs> 100 percent this is this is so like as if my faith in the justice system could not be any lower at this point in time <laughs> like it should honestly be 10 times this just to, to like be truly punitive i mean you're talking about something that's essentially a wash for apple and honestly i know i'm not the only sucker with too much money that went and <laughs> bought a whole new stupid computer because yeah. i i got so sick of the the keyboard effing up yeah. I, i'm not yeah. the only person that did that it's it's just uh, uh. Yeah. I, I i do is it seriously like allowed for for them to do it with gift card money like is is that a genuine oh, yeah. thing that could happen it could absolutely what? Um, if you recall well if you recall when there was the settlement for the ebook lawsuit 
I do not. If you remember that? No. Um, so, and, and that was a price fixing thing. And it was a weird thing because it was like how much money you got, I think, depended on like Apple lost certain things, but Amazon lost certain things. Then like you got money, I think, for from Apple based on how many Amazon books you bought. I don't remember all the details. Hmm. All I know is I got like a hundred and something dollars and it was in an iTunes gift cards or, or oh, gift no. credit. So yeah, I totally think that they could they could do it this way, like in, in credit. And I'm pretty sure they've done this in other ways too. I, I'm I'm sure that because Apple is like, hey, it's money for us, right? Like we're we're issuing, you know, it it, it it's a it's a cash write down for us. Sure. I, I doubt that'll be the case. Like, I mean, I, it'd probably be a check. Um, but I'm also equally certain that they're going to make it so difficult for people to jump through hoops for this. Yeah. You know, yep. like it. Like, like uh, the fact that I'm going to have to jump through so many hoops to this, even though I replaced multiple keyboards on my last computer, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be going through that, like, paperwork. Oh, I'm going to hound him. Well, you can't, Brie. Yeah, you're not, you're Can not. Can I not? No. Can we no, not, not, like, write them and make really sure that we get our settlement money? There's typically, like, ways to. No, no, to... But, you, but, you, but, you, but you live in Massachusetts, so it's it's not in right. your state. Ah! Yeah. And Christina, you lucked out because you got New York and Washington. Exactly. And I think you were exactly. living in both those places in I, that time. I think I, I, was. Live in, I think I live with Christina now, according to <laughs> I mean, Apple a lot lawyers. of us do I live with Christina. True. Yeah, according to Netflix, I, I do. I was going to say, <laughs> Disney, um, you know, used to be Comcast. I was going to say, you totally are part of my household, so... Yeah. Don't you remember when I sold you that MacBook, Christina, and you had to take it I, in? I totally you were do. So angry about that. Okay. Just for I, legal I totally reasons. One hundred percent. That's that's exactly yes. what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Brie, this is doubly disappointing for me because I think of all the people who could get a, a settlement from Apple, I just wanted to see what you would do with it. You know, I feel like you'd have a really good purchase. You you would do something very creative, maybe something to torment your podcast co-hosts. Um, I, I don't know. I, so this this hurts me as much as it hurts you. Yes. Well, we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, boy, yeah. we've got some good stuff coming up for episode 400, I have to say. We sure do. All right. On to our second topic of the day. An exciting one for me. Uh, with a new beta that's out right now on Xbox, uh, you can, in fact, do Discord voice calls on Xbox oh, One and Xbox Jesus. Series S and X. Yes. So there is an option now uh, within the like parties and chats menu on Xbox to open up a Discord voice call. Uh, it asks you to scan a QR code uh, with your phone where presumably you have Discord there and then you can connect a call, connect with your Discord friends and do some of the features that one would expect and are necessary for a Discord call, such as adjusting individual volumes, uh, muting individual users. Uh, currently, there's no support for text chat, but it does, I think, open up a huge, cool world world for um, games that have crossplay. Uh, some of the ones yes. that they specifically mentioned were Destiny, Fortnite, Minecraft, which, like, through <laughs> through bullying, con- companies have uh, have allowed to be crossplay playable uh, across platforms uh, that have previously been more sandboxed. Um, so yeah, Discord voice call beta on Xbox right now. Uh, personally, I think this is a what I would call, call a cool first step that I, Simone de Rochefort, would like to see end with me being able to stream video locally, not locally, but like within just a call 
to my friends. But yay, voice chat. Yeah, no, this is this is good. I'm glad they're doing this. It is interesting that uh, you know, PlayStation, like they promised like the deep integration like a year and a half ago. Yep. And where is that? Nowhere. We don't know. It's it so. drives me nuts. Cause you know that I I do love PlayStation. All these years that we've yep. been on this podcast together, I've mostly been gaming on PlayStation. You're you're, you're a PlayStation girl. Yeah, for with, sure. with my like, and then I, I mainly went to Switch for a while, but now I'm kind of in mm-hmm. this forced situation where I am confronted by the magnanimity, magnanimity, magnanimity. Uh, how how the uh, a- Xbox gives me things that I need, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bree, you say something while I Google the word that I'm trying to remember. I, I think I think you got it right. Um, Magnanimity. No, I'm really psyched about this. Uh, you know, the problem with voice chat. I don't know if y'all have had this problem, but like, yeah, there there can be a lot of harassment on voice chat, particularly with competitive shooters, right? And what I really love about this is Discord is going to let you play with like your clan or your friends, right? Like it's it's a group of people you know in a mm-hmm. way that's a lot easier. So, um, you know, it's not currently in games that I play a lot of, but I, I, I have no doubt this is going to expand and get there. And, you know, in Discord, it just, it is part of gaming. Like, if you're a serious mm-hmm. gamer, you have mm-hmm. to participate in, in Discord. So, it it just makes total sense. And I really think this is going to be one of these features that uh, Sony really struggles to keep up with Microsoft on. The reason Xbox got so much traction that first generation with XBLA is because Xbox was where your friends were. It was really that simple. Now, Sony managed to get some traction in later generations, but if Xbox is the one bringing all your friends in, I just think this in Game Pass, ooh, that is... I don't get me wrong. I love my PlayStation Five, but this is extremely compelling, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I also think that ideally, and I think think this the cross platform stuff. Hopefully, it'll come to more games. What this could potentially open things up to would be a world where you know Discord is your social layer, and it matters less to a certain extent, like what platform everyone's playing on, like, which I think would be the ideal thing Mm -hmm, for a mm -hmm. lot of us. Like you can still have platform exclusives and I'm totally all about that. And you could even still have like your platform where, where, you know, if you want to want to play and and talk to people that way, because some people do have their their friends list and and things that way, that's fine. But I, I I feel like, um, Microsoft and and Sony obviously has, has realized this too, since they've been promising this deep integration that the social layer has kind of moved off of the consoles and onto Discord. And so I think it behooves the the console makers to then say, okay, well, we want to participate in this so that people are still wanting to, you know, engage with our with our, our stuff. But because that would be, I, I think would be a, a great world would be where it matters less what like because it is dumb that that you're playing the same game, but you can't play with other people. Like that's that's mm-hmm. dumb on a lot of levels, right? Like it it, it really is, yeah. especially since the, the technology is there to do it. I, I can get it for, for certain types of games, but like PCs have had different requirements and different things for a long time. Like the the 
actual, you know, like technical requirements and, and whatnot of, of the consoles are very similar. So it's not like you you can say, oh, well, you have to have different types of servers for this and that. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there, there's, there, there are certain things I think that should, crossplay should be um, more available across the board. Um, and I think this is might, might be one of those things that, that forces it a little bit, which would be a good thing because it would be great to be able to just be like, well, if you want maybe the best online experience, then you're going to be playing a game that's that's completely online with, you know, the console that you've chosen and, and that group of friends. But if you have an opportunity to do cross-play, then you can also still chat with people no matter where they are, which is really great. Yeah, and I definitely feel like uh, a couple of years ago, I was not using Discord as much as I am now. And I think the rest of the gaming community got there long before, like, it became integral to my social experience. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely become it, 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 it's it's so quickly become such a huge part, not just of gaming culture, but of Internet community at large. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a place where uh, not only like f- people who play games together will make their servers together companies will make servers for like yep. their players to interact and do FAQs and get help and find other players, et cetera, et cetera. But then also like totally unrelated things. Like there's a server that I'm a member of now where we just talk about formula one. Um, it, ah. It's become a, a big sort of group chat equivalent. Um, I yeah. think because of the power of its tools. And I know personally for me, a person who regrettably has been playing a lot of Fortnite lately. <laughs> uh, I promise this is relevant. I finally got the battle pass because I was sick of being the only default skin when we stream it at work. I was like, I need a skin. I finally need a freaking skin. And then I fell into the trap that Epic Games makes, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, you you can level the battle pass and then get more stuff right. for free. Okay, so I'm trying to level my freaking battle pass. Um. And I play with my friends on PC, but I don't do that through Fortnite's chat because messing with those, I, I know that I don't want to talk to random people. I don't want to be heard in any way and messing with, it's easier for me to just turn those settings off in game and hop in our our existing voice server in Discord. And the the fact that I can now do that, you know, in games potentially across uh, across PC and Xbox, but then also just when I'm playing something on Xbox and I want to chat with people and I don't want to have my right. like phone out and losing battery, that's that's right. great. Yeah. Um, before before we move on, I, I want to fact check something. Uh, yeah. So I was operating under a mistaken impression. I thought I knew that Microsoft was in talks to buy Discord and I assumed that had gone through, but that apparently oh, no. did not. Oh no! They did they, 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 they go they, through? No, they reject. No, no, no. They rejected. They rejected. Uh, Discord, Discord instead. Yeah. Uh, from okay. From what I understand, yes. Right. From what That's I understand, what this article says. I just yeah. From what sure. I understand, yeah. Did, yeah. From what I understand, this was this was two years ago. I think it was. From what I understand, Discord right. was like was like nah. Actually, we'd rather raise more money and and go public and like Discord wants to remain independent. And then after that, they 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 signed the deal with Sony, where Sony was like, we're going to have deep integration. With Discord that like a year and a half later we're like lies. Where is it? <laughs> right. A 
okay, so I was thinking of this as like a Xbox competitive advantage, but that is not going to be true. So now they're no. just going to be waiting on Sony's glacier, <laughs> glacierly, that's not a word, but I'm going to say it anyway, glacierly slow uh, software dev process <laughs> to integrate this into the PS5. But this isn't going to be like lock-in for Xbox. That's so weird no. they would bring it there but first. But it is now. Like, it, like, like you said, Sony is so slow about this. They they could have done this anytime. Where the clock is ticking, um, and the fact that Xbox got there first, I don't think is irrelevant. No, I don't either. And, and I think that honestly, like this, this was my point of saying, like I don't think it's lock in. Like I think it, in some weird way, it's almost like both companies um, have kind of like capitulated to saying, okay, the social graph exists to a certain extent on this other service, and we need to integrate with that. You know, similar to the same way that like both uh, consoles, you know, have Twitch integrations. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of a, a, like, okay, we, we recognize that, you know, um, we're, we're not going to be able to create like the only place that people would, would stream content. People are going to want to be using Twitch and, and not using our tools and Mm -hmm. RIP. Um, um, God, now I can't even remember the name of the stupid Microsoft, uh, uh, Twitch competitor. What, what was it even called? (gasps) Oh no, I don't know. Um, keep talking while I Google it. Yeah. So, so, you know what? So, so it's almost like, I think that it, it's not really a competitive advantage in so far as it is. Mixer. Thank you. I see. Oh see. God, what a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. RIP, I guess. Um, not really. So, you know, but, but I think this is one of those things where it's like, okay, we understand that everyone is using discord. It makes sense for us to integrate here. And if anything, like prevent people from just going all in on like whatever the, you know, voice chat services on the, you know, whatever console you're using. That That's how I saw it is, is kind of in, in some ways, like mm-hmm. it's not locking you in, but it is almost good if you're Xbox and you have fewer users uh, to be like, hey, you can talk to your friends, uh, presuming there's cross, um, you know, uh, like cross play available. And eventually, you know, it's more about where people, it's more about like recognizing that, everyone's going to be chatting on discord rather than forcing people into silos of like what console you're on. Yeah. There, there's no downside to it. Basically. It's, no, just, it's like a so. nice, it is an acknowledgement of how people realistically play that I feel is, is smart. Hey, this episode of rocket is brought to you by coda.io. Woo. Many people love working remotely and it's easy to see why you get to work from anywhere. All you need is a laptop and decent Wi-Fi. Uh, one of the things that I currently enjoy about working remotely as much as I miss my coworkers is uh, rolling out of bed at 9 a.m. Uh-oh, haha. But at the same time, keeping everyone on the same page and focused on the right tasks can be a challenge, especially if you don't want them to feel like you're breathing down their neck. But that's why many people love Coda. If you have a remote team working across multiple places and your best work is spread out across documents and spreadsheets with a stack of workflow tools that you have to jump in and out of all day, you need Coda, the doc that brings it all together. Coda is endlessly customizable and connected. There are templates for anything and everything. Product roadmaps, remote onboarding, a goal tracker, meeting notes, what have you, you name it, Coda has it. Coda adapts to growing teams and changing strategies. It can help change how you view information depending on what you need to do with it. And perhaps most importantly, Coda seamlessly integrates with the tools that you need. 
Everything in Coda is synced. If you make an update in a table, it automatically shows up everywhere. So no relying on copy and paste to keep important projects current. Copy and paste is very scary. Your team can operate on the same information and collaborate the way that everyone wants to, quickly and efficiently. With Coda, you can solve for just about anything. And right now you can get started having your team all working together on the same page for free, for free. Head over to Coda dot io slash rocket that is c-o-d-a dot i-o to get started for free coda dot io slash rocket our thanks to coda for their support of this show and all of relay fm new jingle new couple jingles i'm trying out why not yeah i like it i like <laughs> Let's it. go for it we have an exciting product on the show. Brianna Wu, <laughs> second Rocket user to receive a Steam Deck. Steam Deck, of course. Oh my god! Yes! Yes, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know why I'm giving a Steam Deck like boilerplate, but hey, Valve's proprietary little handheld PC hardware uh, that came out this year has the longest waitlist in the world. Uh, looks like a big, bigger Switch for your Steam games. Famously, we all like became quite converted to it, but only Christina mm-hmm. had been able to uh, purchase one and use it. But now, Brianna, you've joined the ranks, and I am so excited to hear what you think about it. Okay, so Christina, I take back literally everything <laughs> oh, I said last week. Yes. Having having doubts or fears of a, or thinking about flipping it. You tried to uh-huh. talk me out of it. You tried to talk me out of it. I doubted you and I just wanted to personally apologize on the show this week. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Because I, I so know wrong. I had a feeling oh. I had a feeling I was like really hoping you would at least open it up and try it out because I was like, if you try it, you're going to love it. But right. but you, you you but you were like you were like no I'm done with this thing I I I I, I don't even need this all right tell t- t- tell us your thoughts tell us your impressions well, okay okay so I I do have a really really nice gaming laptop like a top of the line three thousand dollar razor right like RTX uh, right. thirty I think it's a thirty uh, eighty in it the laptop version of that which is nerfed right it's good it will run cyberpunk and I'm like what do I need this for. It's so, it's such a convenient way to play. Now, everything you said about it, like this is designed for someone with like Thanos holding the infinity gauntlet (laughs) size pants. It is freaking huge. You cannot even reach the LT trigger without doing this like, like reach your thumb up and cock your hand over. It's so huge. It's crazy. And it is too heavy. And when I play, I have to prop Sharko, like my stuffed shark up to my stomach to hold him because it's so, it's such a heavy device, but it is so convenient. It is so good. good, The stuff you can play on this. So Power Washer Simulator is an amazing (laughs) game to play on this device, which is literally, it's just you wash things with the Power Washer. It's the most addictive game ever. That is awesome. I love Uh, that game. You can run Deathloop on it. It's so good. Oh my God. You can play Deathloop on it. You can play all the classic, uh, the Final Fantasy uh, Pixel remasters on it. You can play uh, Elden Lilies. Uh, they're just all these amazing games on it. I'm playing it for at least an hour or two in bed a night. And uh, I mean, it's flawed. 
like I said, too heavy, too big, battery life blows, but overall just a fantastic product with a great screen. I am, I'm happy to hear you say this and still, uh, so I, I obviously had a chance to purchase a Steam Deck uh, from our own Christina Warren, who I think had pre-ordered one and then got a chance to upgrade to a, a bigger, bigger exactly. storage. Yes. Yep. And I, I passed up that chance and I still don't regret it because mom is going to Italy this summer and she needs to Ooh. save money for clothes. Um, However, the way that you're describing using it is I think like it's exactly what I personally want, especially mm-hmm. as I've talked about before, a person who does not have like a good gaming setup. Um, I I just I don't have a good desk. I don't have anywhere to freaking sit in my home and I will not change. I will not adapt. Um, again, I'm spending my money on clothes. <laughs> I wish I totally wish I totally respect. I totally respect. But yeah, no, totally. And even for me who I have like, you know, the game PC I built and whatnot, I prefer the Steam Deck because it's more convenient because yeah. I'm more used to this sort of thing. And and honestly, the game PC was just like a fun thing to build. And like, I'm not a massive gamer, but I've become way more into PC gaming since I've had the Steam Deck. Do you like, think? I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I was just gonna say it's it, it's amazing. I think just having like access to these things in this way, like I've actually found myself like playing my PC more mm-hmm. since I got the Steam Deck. Brianna, I yeah. want to know. Uh, obviously, the scenario of you playing Power Wash Simulator in bed is extremely compelling because I feel like that'd be incredibly relaxing. Um, is there a game that you would like? N- where where would you draw the line there? I guess in terms of like the kind of performance that you want from a a PC game, what game would you not play on it? So I am one of the fastest speedrunners in the entire world at Resident Evil 3. And I tried doing Resident Evil 3 on this, uh, which is, it's not a really graphically demanding game. Like most of what makes that such a gorgeous game is done with the RE engine. And Mm -hmm. it's just the frame rate is slightly off and there's Mm. slightly a little lag for anything. It's like a competitive shooter. Deathloop is right on the edge of what it can handle. Uh, It only works there because of the simplified art style. So I would guess that something like Overwatch is going to be fine on it. But anything that's like a graphically intensive uh, shooter, I would not guess is going to be fine. I mean, Christy, you probably have more experience with it at this point. Does that match up with your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing too is like, it is actually remarkably powerful. Like I would say like your game PC is more powerful than, than the Steam Deck but not by that much, to be honest. Like the custom APU and and the custom, um, you know, kind of like you know, system that that a- that AMD you know built for for um, for Valve. Considering the screen resolution that you're running things at is actually pretty good, right? Like you can you can do a lot. But I would agree with that. I think the other thing too you have to consider is if you're going to be playing this, like if you were to connect this to a bigger screen. And, and use it docked, I think that would certainly show the limitations a lot more, right? Mm. Um, like, because like, yeah. this is one of those things that, look, you can run things that are going to look great at, at, at 1080p and and maybe, you know, like if, if you needed to drop it down to 720p or whatever, depending, like it'd be fine. But but obviously, if you're going to be trying to do anything any higher than that, which you, which you might want to do if it were docked, it's not going to keep up, right? Uh, but it, it is actually, I've been remarkably impressed with how powerful it is considering it's this small 
device, right? And and also, frankly, for the price, I, th- I think that it's it's a good setup. But yeah, if you were going to anything like more graphically intensive, it's not going to do that. I would also say anything that is really like keyboard and mouse driven, obviously yeah. you can pair a keyboard and mouse with it. Like a point and click kind of thing or? Yeah. Sh- or, okay. or, yeah. Not a shooter, well, you're a saying? Shoot- I mean, I mean, shooters, I think, are, are different because if you are comfortable using the control sticks and, and using the, the pads and the triggers, I think you'd be fine in a lot of shooters. But in like a point and click thing and, and for, for certain types of, of games, like I, I'm thinking, you know, like like Diablo and, and you know, stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know if this is the best use of that, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that anything where if also I would say, too, if you would have like a significant competitive advantage, this would be the case for a shooter where you really need to use your keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, if you're playing this, say, well, I guess, no, you wouldn't be playing freaking Fortnite on it. Um, but you'd be paired Unfortunately, against you can't. people who would be playing keyboard exactly. and mouse if you were playing, an, yeah, an online shooter. Yeah, I see what exactly. you're saying. 100%. Well, th- th- that's kind of my point. I, I really agree with that. The, uh, the, the touchpads on it has dual touchpads that simulate a mouse. It's a terrible experience. <laughs> like that Steam controller back in the day was a million oh. times better than this. Um, there's a, it it's depends on the game. Fast, some, so, so, so yeah. some games are better, I will say, I found. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, like, I think that it, it's based on drivers and it's based on how much things are optimized. But yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, I, I, I guess maybe I need to try it on a wider array of them. So there's a, uh, it's more of a clip, point and click game. It's called uh, Needy Streamer Overload, <laughs> which is this, it's this really cute game by this, mm-hmm. uh, this studio that does Metroidvanias. It's about a needy st- YouTube streamer. And uh, I'm trying to play it. And it's such a, a terrible yeah. experience trying to like precision click on the fake mm-hmm. interface for the, for the game that I'm just like, nope, delete. I'll play this 100%. on my PC. Uh, but maybe I, maybe other games where it's like more generalized movement, that might be better. Like XCOM, I could see it working better for. Mm, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think it also comes down to like, if the developers, you know, go through any sort of optimization, you know, I think that they could make that experience better. But But that's obviously going to depend. Now, you can pair a keyboard and mouse with it because it is a PC. But that's, that sort of takes a lot of it away. Like in my mind, if you're docking it, if you're hooking up a keyboard and mouse to it, and if you've got a bigger screen, that's fine. And and for some people, like especially if, if you only have $500, say, to spend on, on a gaming system and you want a gaming PC, I actually think a Steam Deck is a great way to go, to be completely honest with you. I think that if you have $500 and you don't want a console, a Steam mm. Deck is going to get you a better overall gaming experience, I think, all around than than trying to you know build like a a desktop especially if if you want the option to be portable at all yeah but yeah you're right Bree like I think that if it but if but if you're going to be doing all of that then like you have to kind of like I think balance how much am I wanting to use this portably how much and in bed and how much you know do I want the the traditional PC experience because yeah one of the trade offs that you take on which I in my opinion is worth it is the fact that you can use this in bed, is the fact that you can take this on the go. We're no, all the battery so life lazy. Great. But you, <laughs> we are, right. But, but it's also one of those things like, yes, you know, I, yes, no, the battery life isn't great. But yes, I freaking loved using it on that airplane when I was in the, the 12-hour flight coming back from Tel Aviv when I didn't have Wi-Fi on the plane because of the supply chain. They can't get the freaking Wi-Fi um, system in literally a brand new 2022 airplane had no Wi-Fi. 
Um, and then, so I'm like off the inner, like I'm offline for 12 hours. So I played, you know, games and like, that was a great experience. Um, so if you're willing to balance off the portability for some of the other things you lose, I think that it's, those trade-offs are worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I, I also want to say, uh, I have a quick addition to this, but first I just wanted to say, uh, don't sleep on the amazing carrying case this thing comes oh. with, which oh, yeah, is the really finest good. carrying case for a product I've ever had. It doesn't just, like the problem with the the switch is invariably it gets scratched no matter what you mm-hmm. do with it. This screen is so gorgeous and it comes with this really beautiful case that like nestles it and like holds the, like you have to orient it a certain way for it to fit in the carrying case. That's how snug it is in there. So yeah. like, don't sleep on that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot of what's going to make this easy to travel with. Uh, also in future, uh, I'm writing Christina's coattails news. <laughs> uh, I got my play date right before Yay. the show started oh, wow. today. So fun. Um, so I, I wanted to ask, so well, it only came with two games. It was the the surfing yes. game, uh, Whitewater, what is it called, Whitewater something, and mm-hmm. uh, this this like Pokemon Go with, with photographing birds, Pokemon Snap with birds. Which is a really cute game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, my thoughts are exactly mirror yours. Great screen, needs a backlight on it fun experience. How often am I going to get new games on this though? Every week. it's like every week. Okay. Every week. So, so what basically is going to happen is that like, I think you're going to get your next uh, like thing, maybe on Friday in a couple of days, you'll get your next, um, I guess like two games delivered. And then for the next six weeks, you'll get two games delivered every single week. What you can also do in this, you'll have fun with is that you can sideload games from itch.io or GitHub, uh, or other places that people put things really easily, which is great. Uh, people have built Game Boy emulators. They've built all kinds of stuff. So you have a lot of options beyond just the games that Panic is delivering, you know, through their service, which is nice. And that like every week you get like two new kind of delightful little games, but you can also, like, I've had a really fun time looking at the, at the community of people who've been building things around it. Um, also brief for you, since I know how much you love your, your emulator stuff, you need to check out both Emu Deck and Retro okay. Deck. For, for, for okay. the Steam Deck, because the, these are things that will make it much easier to play retro games and then also show Ooh. it in the Steam Deck interface. And, and, and it, it, it's good. So it's definitely worth, worth looking into, into that stuff. Oh, that's going to look so gorgeous. I, I do have one more question about Steam Deck, and I'm sorry. I know we, we kind of, we almost emotionally wrapped up that topic, but Bri, I have one more question for you, which is just like, it, it sounded like when you first got it, you were kind of met on it. I just wanted to ask if there, if you felt like there was a learning curve to figuring out how, how you wanted to use it and like how it could fit into your life. Yeah, I think that's really accurate. It was, you know, if like when I first got it, my first ex- impressions were very, very negative because it is uncomfortable to hold. It is extremely heavy. Um, it was finding the right games to play on it, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Resident Evil 3, just it was a laggy experience right off the start. Then I downloaded right. Power Washer, and it's like, holy hell, this is great. Uh, Metroidvania is also really, really good. So mm-hmm. I think it was just finding the kinds of, uh, frankly, 
getting over it in my head that this was not something to replace a PC that could run cyberpunk. Mm, it was yeah. something to play more casual games or or games with a lower graphical fidelity that work really well with controller that I already know like front to back and I can play just with my brain turned off like Deathloop. Okay, cool. Interesting. Thank you. Hey, it's dessert time. All right, let's dip into the world of influencers and esports in a case of what is the best timing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, the esports uh, company FaZe Clan has gone public via a, a business combination with B. Riley Principal 150 Merger Core. Um, this merger was announced back in October, and at that time it was valued at closer to a billion dollars. Uh, it is currently... 725 million, according to what I read in The Verge from earlier today, although in uh, Cecilia D'Anastasio's piece at Bloomberg, uh, I think she says 715, and that's a slightly more recent. Uh, the nature of the stock market and the tumbling interest in SPACs has shoved that number right down the toilet. Uh, Face right. Clan, uh, our audience might know them if you are a young person because of the mm -hmm. vast stable of influencers uh, that they field and the esports teams, like I said, they have some like huge streamers and also some celebrities that have like, I, I would say ceremonially joined FaZe Clan and can use the like FaZe moniker before their, um, before their handle. Um, but you also might know them because of a couple just high profile, uh, not scandals, but a controversies in the news uh, most i think maybe most notably the streamer tifu uh got into a uh, acrimonious uh breakup with phase clan over his contract being uh just quite unfair and exploitative uh he went independent and and felt like the company was just not not looking out for him as a creator um but at the same time they the phase clan does remain hugely uh high profile and influential, although maybe not, as I guess we will see, of interest to the more traditional stock market. I don't know. Th this all kind of seems like a bit of a a bit of a mess. The timing is just so awful considering what's happening so with the yep. stock market in general. So so the background on this is that this was a, a SPAC, which is a, a special purpose acquisition uh, company And basically how this would work is that you have a company that nominally is public and then you have a number of people who are agreeing to put in money to basically merge it with another company and then they can basically enter the market and be public, you know, already on the stock exchange mm -hmm. using, you know, the, the the company that already existed. But but a lot of that is predicated on the fact that they would they would pre-raise funds you know, once it would go public. Uh, BuzzFeed uh, was uh, famously, you know, went in the SPAC and by the time the, the SPAC actually launched, by the, by the time they actually went public, they'd only raised, I think, like half of what they'd originally had committed because how, how these things work is that companies, you know, um, investors can agree to put money in to the SPAC, but they can also like choose not to. Like they have up until a certain deadline to be like, nope, not putting my money into this. And what happened was, is that in 2020, you had a huge number of uh, people realizing that they could, that this was, and in, in fact, actually, like, the regulators are looking at, at regulating SPACs a little bit because of 
what's basically happened, which was you had a lot of people who kind of made runs and some people who went public at really high valuations and, and then the, 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 the stock did impressive things and people who, you know, got in early, like were able to kind of do really well, but then the stock started to drop and, and it initially it was kind of seen as a way to avoid like the, the normal IPO process and, and be maybe like a better way of doing things. And instead, I, th- I think that in, in most cases, like everybody has kind of agreed that it's kind of a fail. Um, but I guess that FaZe was already in the process of agreeing to be part of the SPAC. The the wind-up period ran out. They had to go with what they had. It's actually, I have to give them credit, It's on, they only lost a quarter of the committed funds, which is a lot better, like I said, than BuzzFeed and some of the other mm-hmm. companies that have um, gone public with SPACs, where it's some in some cases it's been, you know, like they've only had, you know, like, like 10 or 20% of what was originally committed, and that's what they've had to go public with. Um, and, and for some companies, if they, and and the thing is the reason a lot of companies do this is because they need the money. Like Buzzfeed did it because their investors were wanting to return. And also they needed capital to continue growing the business. Um, with phase, it's interesting to me because I don't know what they need a billion dollars for. And I I don't even know what they need $715 million for. Right. Like it it seemed like they were a, a fairly cash flow positive business. I mean, I know that like they spent a lot on real estate, not that they owned a lot of the houses, but the, you know, on, on rentals and on other things, but just given the amount of endorsements they had, like, it's interesting to me that they even felt the need to go public. So I don't know why they needed to raise money that way versus doing alternative funding rounds of that, as that's what they wanted. Regardless, the timing of this could not be worse, you know, just for the industry as a whole, both for SPACs and just the, the stock market in general. Yeah, the, the why is an interesting question for sure. I don't, I genuinely don't know, but it does feel, I, I, I kind of liken it emotionally to the relationship that like cryptocurrency companies have with the stock market where there's like totally on one side, there's this air of like, oh, this is hot and new and young tech savvy people seem to love it. And then on the other side, there's people that there's this sort of like air of quote unquote legitimacy that perhaps is perceived by the (laughs) involvement of of the stock market. Um, that's the way that I can mentally make sense of it. But like you said, there who 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 is who's benefiting? Who and why? People who want to make money off of FaZe Clan, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I can gather is that they saw, at least when they made the deal in, in October, and to be completely honest with you, October was late to get into SPACs. Like October 2021, the sheen was already off. So it's weird to me that they even agreed then. But I guess at a billion dollars, the people who yeah, you know, are gonna, running the company agree, right? <laughs> I, I mean, well, I guess I guess so. But I but but even then, I'm just saying, like at that point, I think a lot of financial advisors probably would have been like, "Eh, do you do you need this?" But if but if they really felt like they needed the capital to get into other businesses, I I read I think that like they want to get into ghost kitchens and a different size of merchandising and other stuff. And I guess you need. Those are capital intensive areas, right? So I guess if they really want to build this out as a brand and do some stuff similar to like if they really want to create like a, a lasting IP around this, maybe they thought that this was their opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I have to ha- I have to think that this was just kind of greed and and the the money people behind phase, like the businessmen who are not the the gamers, um, you know, for the most part, I think that some of the 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 members of the clan are nominally involved, but they're not really involved. You know what I mean? Like they haven't mm-hmm. been staking any of this stuff. I have to think that they 
saw what they thought was just kind of like blank check stuff because a lot of these SPACs were known as blank check corporations yeah. because the the amount of money you could raise on these things was was seemingly unlimited. And so they were thinking, oh, well, we can we can raise all this capital and we can go into these other ways and we can really become like a true brand um, and, and have a global kind of impact beyond just kind of this gamer realm. I guess maybe you you take your shot, but God, the timing just really... <laughs> really is not great. Bree, any thoughts on on this whole silly little shindig? You know, sometimes you get a topic in and I'm like, that's a Simone and Christina topic. And <laughs> I'm just going to leave it up to the pros. Fair week. enough. <laughs> hey, Christina and I, your financial advisors, think it's weird. Wow. <laughs> Uh, one last mini topic for the day, uh, and huge congrats to uh, Renee Ritchie, friend of the show. Uh, Renee's yes, been running yes. his YouTube channel for what feels like, of course, mere months, is in fact multiple years. Uh, <laughs> previously at iMore, and now he's been hired by YouTube as a creator liaison, uh, which is wow. awesome. And I think just uh, it, it's cool to see, you know somebody grow up obviously like he had a huge presence on youtube at imore and then went independent and had to kind of start over from scratch and has Mm -hmm. done that over the last couple years and is now joining the organism congratulations renee ritchie on joining the organism congratulations obviously but i don't know whether I need to feel sorry for him, like does this job mean it's like is someone with local like Logan Paul or the Logan Paul <laughs> is he going to have to talk to other YouTubers? YouTube? Oh. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Actually, now he's gonna he's gonna quote unquote advocate for creators and work with creators to help them better understand YouTube. So he, for all I know, he's, he's going to show me, up in a call. He's basically with me. me, but for YouTube. Yeah, except for oh. except 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 instead of developers being his audience, the creators are his audience. Mm-hmm. That's super okay. cool. Um, and it, okay. I, I trust also like somebody who has like had to make YouTube work for him as an independent yes. creator. I, I think that's right. pretty this cool. Is, this is why I think this hire is really smart of YouTube. They had a, a, a guy that had been in the role previously and I think he'd been at YouTube for about a decade and he'd been a creator before and, and that guy moved on and, and he was really good. But like Renee has been on the platform for forever, but he's he's done it both as part of, you know, other people's companies, you know, as far as I'm more and then, you know, future. And then he's done his own thing going indie and he's worked with, with other things. Like he really knows he's done a lot of the collabs. Like he knows the space really well. And I think he'll be somebody who can really give a voice to the creators, which frankly, this is one of those things that people have been asking from YouTube for a long time. Like they want, you know, to feel like they have somebody on their side who can, you know, be talking to the people internally and, and like advocating for them and being like, Hey, we need different policies or we need better tools. Um, and at the same time, I think that he can also do a really good job showing off how people can get the most out of the platform and what they can do to grow their channels, um, you know, using, you know, because he knows what's happening internally. So I'm really, really proud of him. Um, I'm so happy for him. I think this is a, a brilliant hire from uh, YouTube's um, part. And and he gets to keep his channel. Like he's yeah. not going to be uploading as much, but he's still going to get to keep his channel, which is also, I think, shows that's really smart because my first thing, my first thing I asked him when I was texting with him today, I was like, "Do you is your channel going away?" And she was like, "No, no, no. I, you know, I'm not going to be able to upload four times a week like a crazy person before." Which, you know, talk about burnout inducing. But he's still going to be able to, you know, upload content and not be as like reliant on like the algorithm and and the trends and all that stuff that 
you know, as being an indie creator can be hard. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that his perspective, because he's done it indie and, and he's also done it like working for like a larger brand, I think having that, that perspective is going to be really good for him to bring to people internally. And at the same time, like, I think he's also, because if he's a creator, he's going to be able to make a really good content, you know, to help other creators out. Nice. hundred percent. All right. Let's talk about what we're up to this week. Brianna, what about you? Oh my God. I would paint you all a word picture Uh-oh. of what I'm doing. Yes. So, uh, my nieces are coming in to see, uh, uh, basically, uh, Frank's, uh, Frank's, uh, before his father died a couple of years ago, his mm-hmm. father had a girlfriend who lives in the house. So we are all going to go, uh, down to Connecticut and, uh, and meet and have a little family reunion oh, down yay. there. So I have not nice. seen my nieces in two years, and I called their mom up today, and I said, Penny, this is what I want to do. I know that you guys won't buy the girls new iPhones, but I want to take both these girls to the Apple store and just say, get whatever you want. Aww, and and so we're going to take them down there and do that. And get this, they've never ridden to a sports car either. Oh so my God. It's going to be like, <laughs> get into Cool Air Brianna's 911. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, shopping trip with Aunt Brianna. Like, that's amazing. Yes. That's so cool. Brie, they're going to feel just like you felt when I picked you up in my Toyota Trish Sal at SeaTac Airport. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All those years ago. I miss your Tercel. I hope it's uh, I hope it's do. in good hands. I hear I it's still driving around. Care of that. <laughs> yes, but this is this is. I wanted to get your opinion on this, particularly Christina, because this is what I'm torn about. We are not mm-hmm. that far from them announcing new iPhones, right? And I think I think kids that young are not going to care about having the latest nope. model, but it's going to be a refresh this year, right? Like a visual yes. refresh, or am I wrong? Um. Probably. Now, how old are they? Uh, about eight and ten. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay. All eight right. and ten, well. it doesn't matter. Like, like honestly, like, they're getting, like, a, an iPhone, like, that's going to be amazing, like, blowing their minds. Um, it, They're going to want ones probably, you know, with the colors. Yeah, yep. honestly. I, I, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be too concerned with that. Do you think, like, just say get the mid-tier storage on it? That's what I'm thinking because, I yeah. mean, I'll, I'll get them wherever they want. But the the, totally. the the highest one is just I don't even use that much. No, I was going to say they, they won't use that. And, and they're, they're 8 and 10. They're, their Unless parents are going to limit how much they can Impact. use this anyway. Yes. <laughs> In which case, you need to have a different conversation with them. <laughs> Yes, right, 100%. right. Um, so no, I mean, no, I, I think, I think the 128 or whatever that is, like, I think would be fine. Um, and uh, they would be great with that. They can get whatever color they want, whatever you know, design or size they want, and they're going to be the coolest girls in school when they when they go back to school in in the fall. Um, yeah, okay. Granted, it's near the end of the cycle, but whatever. What you might want to do, obviously, you can take them to the Apple Store and do all that. You might want to check and see if AT and T or T Mobile or anybody has any like specials, just Ooh, you know, in case. Yeah. Like just just because that way, maybe maybe they could get like maybe that way. If you could get the phone cheaper, then they could get AirPods or something else. You could get them something else. You know what I mean? Um, so that that would be the only thing I would I would look at. But eight and ten, they're gonna love this. They're going to need their parents' 
can I just buy it uh, unlocked and then they can yeah. take it home and then deal with their own company? How, yes. how would that work? Yeah, yeah. Just buy it unlocked. If you want to do it that way, just buy the phones unlocked yeah. and Apple will sell them to you um, unlocked and then um, their parents can activate it on their plan. Um, so yeah, that that'll be fine. to me. Awesome. Christina, what are you up to this week? Um, well, I am actually about to go meet some uh, some friends, some former colleagues who are in town, um, and uh, that's really good. And uh, yeah, just uh, dealing with like it's been a little. It hasn't been hot like it's been hot in the UK. I I feel really horrible for everyone in Europe right now who is is dealing with those things. But it has been oh. warm. Um, it hasn't been as bad, fortunately, knock on wood as, as it was last July. Like if that happens, then Christina will go to a hotel again. Like not, I don't play that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to actually go, go meet some friends and, and actually like, yeah, a number of, um, uh, people from, um, developer relations at Amazon are in town this week. And so I'm going to get to see some former colleagues and, um, uh, that's, uh, that's exciting. And then I'm just, you know chilling. Um, my office, I had like an organizer come in and like my office is getting <gasps> to a state where it's like oh, finally exciting. getting good, which is really good. So once it's finally in like a really good space, then I'll like take photos. But it's, it a lot of it is like, it's so much better. Like you can actually walk in here now. So it's really good. Nice. Oh, I want to see pictures. Uh, totally. Totally. When, once, once we're tour. close to that point, when, when, once we're at that place. Oh yeah. We'll definitely do a Christina's office tour. For That'd sure. be great. Uh, this week is the French Grand Prix, and Ooh. I am <laughs> I'm entering a state of agony uh, in terms of Formula One. Obviously, the Austrian Grand Prix was a couple weeks ago. We had a weekend where nothing happened and everything was fine. And now I am preparing for the emotional turmoil of a race weekend, and I am channeling i'm optimistic i believe and i'm happy and that's the energy that i'm bringing into the race weekend as you can tell i am fine <laughs> did they have like an equivalent of DraftKings, but for f1 that you can participate in you know what they do and now that i i'm on the uh the Members only Relay FM Discord. Ooh. If you are a Relay FM subscriber, mm -hmm. monthly membership, uh, there's a Discord and there's a sports channel in that Discord. And I, from conversation that I have witnessed there, as I'm just like catching up, people do seem to have drafted Formula One teams. I don't know that I'm ready for that. And I also don't know, I don't know that I can do that. Like from a religious perspective, I <laughs> believe in certain drivers and I want them to do well. And it's not so much about logic. I need to be bringing positive, constructive energy into the weekend. And I think strategizing for my own personal gain would be counter to the, the general mood that I am trying to create within myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I talked about it, but last time I went to a bar to watch it and I was like sitting there with my hands clamped on the table, like believing in positivity um, so hard. And then wow. a couple of my friends walked in and I, I would turn to greet them. I was like, you know, it was like an hour into the race. I was like, oh, hey, so glad you're here. Thanks for coming. I'm sorry. It's so early. Oh, haha. 10 a.m. It's Austria time. And I turn and I look back at the screen and 
Carlos Sainz Ferrari is literally on fire. And I turned and I looked at my friends and I said, you have to go. <laughs> like, before you walked in here, that car was fine. You walked in here, that car's on fire. Turn around, walk out that door. Okay? <laughs> um, but they didn't, and Charles Leclerc still won. It was like Simone, Simone's veil of protection was from her positive energy was, was lifted from his Ferrari uh, F1 car. It's true. He, My veil yeah. was pierced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, that's silly. Uh, Christina, where can we find you online? <laughs> you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams, and you can find my videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash github also, you um, speaking of a uh, uh, membership uh, relayed uh, FM membership stuff, I just did an interview with uh, Kathy Campbell um, that will be Ooh. on uh, the relay membership feed. I think next week. So um, you know, if you if you remember, you'll be able to hear uh, questions that people in the Discord asked me. So that's that was fun. That's super exciting, Brianna. Where can we find you online? You can find me on Brianna Wu on Twitter. And you can find me everywhere at Doom Quasar, videos at youtube.com slash polygon. Thank you so much for listening to Rockets. If you liked this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars. It can only be five. Literally no other number helps. It's like rating a Lyft driver. You only get one option, either nothing or everything. But I love you, all of you who do leave a star rating, even if it's less. I, I do love you anyway. Thank you so much for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 <laughs> <laughs>